Steve O'Connor Grail, a fault with the Sportsline on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to Sportsline Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio in association with Dale Credit Union. And on today's show, I'm joined as always by co presenter Pat McNamara. On today's show, we're going to talk rugby, camogie, and later on, we're going to talk about GA matters. And we're going to be joined on the line by a county board official from the camogie board, a well known lady, known to all, Breed McNamara. And later on in the programme, we'll be joined by independent uh, journalist. Uh, Mr. Michael Verney. Well, first of all, Pat, welcome again. Thank you very much, Leo. Good to be here. Pat, great weekend last weekend on 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 the rugby front. A great a feast of, for the feast of sport, but a feast of rugby. But great victory for Ireland over a very good French team. It was indeed. And last week in previewing the game, we were all a bit a, 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 a bit I won't say dubious, but we knew that you know France could on, on any given day probably beat Ireland if they were at their best, and Ireland weren't at their best. Uh, but by heavens, we didn't realise, you know, that Ireland probably would be near their best, and the French wouldn't, or maybe weren't let. But the, the first half performance by Ireland, in particular, was 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 was, was really was for really some forty amazing. minutes. Pat. It was amazing. I mean, it was, was world class, if you like. Uh, I mean, I know the, the the tag of being number one ranked in the world doesn't does, doesn't register with some people. They say the World Cup is what counts. That's when you know. But like. It's there for a reason, all the same. And I mean, I know New Zealand and Africa, South Africa, or maybe the Aussies would love to be number one and stay number one. But because I think it puts a little certain amount of doubt in, in the lesser teams' minds when you play them too, when you're high, ranked that highly. But you got to match it up with performance, and Ireland did. Ireland did. I mean, the more you see of them, the more you realise that you know Farrell and and, and O'Connell and, and all those boys. They seem to you know really have. A, a sort of a way that they want to go about things and that the players have an awful belief in themselves, then that belief is the biggest thing. There seems to be a great camaraderie in the camp by all accounts. That's another thing you hear, that they're really enjoying it and they're buying into it. And uh, But as I said, you know, there was from a couple of shady things happened, I suppose, maybe Lowe's try, while a brilliant piece of athleticism on his part, I think his, t- his foot probably did touch out the ground outside the, outside the white line. And of course, then the Antonio tackle on, on Herring, was most effort, most people say the red card they had been given for less and uh, Wayne Barnes didn't give it he didn't seem to want to give it from the beginning but anyway look to answer your question Leo a fantastic performance um, obviously um, you know we're, we're world number one still we've confirmed that the question now is can we maintain the form in the six nations first of all they were very tough on coming up against France or sorry against uh, against Scotland they haven't been beaten yet. Easily, easily they haven't Rome, beaten yeah. by any means. So there's a lot to play for. But uh, it really, really, it was. It was. I suppose what it was was a team showing that now they're able to handle favouritism, and that's a big, big achievement of Farrells. Before Ireland might be going great for him, but once they went to the game as as as, as, as favourites, uh, the jitters started. They didn't seem to know how to handle it, and we might get overturned. But on this occasion, they now seem to relish being number one. Know that they're the best, play accordingly, and there's no panic. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge credit to to Farrell and the management. Yeah, and I suppose your top order camaraderie, uh, Pat, in 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 the in the manage, between the management team. And there was a picture during the week. I you know I can't remember where it surfaced where one of the best players in the world at the moment, Caelan Doris and Andy Farrell were uh, together after a match, both of them drinking a pint of Guinness, and he was saying that you know he just treats them like men, and the the line is there, but. You can socialise after the game, but then you're back to work on, 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 on Monday again. It just shows a great level of maturity. Uh, it does, yeah. And I mean, as I said, they all seem to be enjoying this. 
obviously you enjoy in any sport you enjoy when you're winning Leo as we all know I mean when Padraig were winning titles there before them and you were le- leading the way I mean you enjoyed it more too but not but many but <laughs> but look seriously um, they're very very impressive and the other great thing about it is now that there's a genuine depth to the squad and I mean any injury now in any position we can handle it the case the biggest case and mind me Ross Byrne I think for a man that was highly kind of people are highly sceptical of what he could do there a very short time ago maybe he could still maybe be, be questions about him in a full game if he had to start in a big game but I think he's just closing out games absolutely superbly sure, sure, very sure he's kicking very sure out of his hand um, not sure how well he links up with the other players yet but I'm sure anyone playing with Leinster is able to find his, his centres with a pass and that you know so uh, that's one of the examples um, you know the likes of Conan can come in there in the, in, in the, in the back row and do a job of 15-20 minutes to go closing out a game when I say closing out a game yeah. they actually contribute the, like to the, the game you know? the scrum half position is going to be interesting now when, when Jimmy Gibson Park or Jemison Gibson, Gibson Park, Park comes back absolutely like okay. Murray was brilliant last time Murray considering the build up he had to the game with the father and we hope Jerry Murray has he's making a full recovery uh, it was a fantastic performance by him in fairness and I mean I mean he was written great fast rug ball but I didn't see any delay in his passes but everything was quick and okay not every per- not every box kick was perfect but a few of them were very very good and I mean you know the man has, the man has a huge mileage up so uh, fantastic to have him still uh, they are on call when needed Jameson Gibson Park probably would be seen to be the number one uh, but as I said at, 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 at half back now we have we seem to have the options the back row is unbelievable in fairness Doris I mean the big danger here is that is that, is that he'd be called up to the Mayo senior football team because if he would have been centre forward in the championship this summer he'd probably go through for five or six goals that's the you know he's such a fantastic player going forward does all the basics well as well and uh, Van der Fleer of course as well but you have you have Hinchard to come back as well and, and, and a few other notables Keenan is another player Leo I mean world class full back at this stage I mean no matter how high the bombs are coming now you actually know he's going to catch it yeah. and you know he's going to you know get the ball back on, on our side so and it'd be the pace to, to score his try as well so an awful lot going well there um, I suppose we're always it's a bit like Clare in the, in, before the one that was championship in 95 will something go wrong or are they peaking too soon Um but I think, as I said, I, I, I think Paul O'Connell and 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 Fell and, Fel and, and the boys. It, be, it yeah. looks like they have them right, you know. And uh, let's let's hope it continues. And again, let's hope we can avoid too many injuries. Pat, you often they often stay, you know you've often heard the statement you learn more in defeat. Do you think France will learn more? And also on the performance, unbelievable performance of Dupont. The tackle will never be forgotten, and also the performance of the winger Pino Pino Leo. It was like trying to catch Mercury, isn't it? That, that, uh, you know, Quicksilver, or you call it. You just couldn't, they could not get their hands on him. The feet of him and, and, and the pace, brilliant player. But DuPont is in a different level altogether. I mean, if DuPont was in Ireland, I'd say we'd be in the World Cup without a bother. He's just that good. He's tackling, but everything he does, and he also can't be pinned down. He's often in the middle of a bunch of forwards. He sidesteps around them. They're trying to get hands on him. Backs trying to get hands on him, they have the pace, but they cannot get get rid of him either or get him down the ground. And you know, he's all oh, such a danger and the things he'll try to do then. So and that tackle, as you say, on, on Hansen was or was it Hansen? Mac Hansen, yeah. Matt Hansen, Mac Hansen, who I thought should have been able to swivel the round. Swivel around Could the ball. Move. Could not move. Uh, a fantastic player. And what you said at the beginning there, Leo, is very, very right. You know, they 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 will now they will have looked you know, they will look at the videos of that and they will say how many things went wrong for them that they can do better. And I mean, whenever we meet again, um, it's going to Qua- be, quarter, again, quarter-final time in the quarter world. Quarter-final time is the, obviously is the only possible time. Um, look, 
tis all to play for. I think we should live in the moment. There's no point looking too far ahead. Uh, we got to play Italy next uh, away in Rome, and uh, you know Italy have imp- there's no question that they're improving, Leo. They played well against England. Are, 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 will they get their win against Wales again this year? You'd be looking at because you know trouble, Wales, big Wales trouble are, there. Ah, but, on, on and off. There's talks of a strike coming up, isn't there? So yeah. I don't think they they will yeah. strike in time for the for the next game. But lot, a lot wrong in Wales. So much right in Ireland. Plenty going right in Scotland as well. I tell very, you, very you, impressive, Leo. You have to hand it to Townsend. He has really turned it on. You know. He has your man Russell, Finn Russell, running the show. <laughs> when he's on form, he's just brilliant. I know he can go the other way, but Pat, you know, they like thirty-five-seven. That's a fair hammer to anybody. It is, and I mean, regardless of Wales, Wales's uh, lowly status at the moment, I, just, I think Scotland does doing so much right. And as you said, that that um, Townsend is, you know, he's he's there a little while now, and he's been learning away and improving away. He fell out of Russell before and dropped him, etc., etc. And we thought Russell was kind of gone. But Russell is one of those magic players who can, as you say, when the things he tries work, he's a genius. When they go wrong, he can look a bit silly. But by heavens, most of it is going right at the moment. They're a slick side, Leo. They play a great brand of uh, rugby. You, you say you enjoy watching them. I love, I love watching yeah. them, yeah. yeah. I always love watching uh, Scotland rugby. There's just that bit of flair. That's right. You know, And fierce, quick rock ball and all yeah. movement, movement, movement. And, and, all very athletic, Pat. Funny, I was going to say that. It's funny thing that the Irish team and Scotland team have two things that France don't have. Don't have, I think, the likes of France and this. Our pack certainly does massive, but we're flying it in the ends of games. Mobility. France got tired. Yeah. Those big men don't don't like to move around. They'd be hoping England would be similar. I think they have more. They have more pacey backs than they used to. But um, uh, France or uh, Scotland, very very impressive. Serious test for when we go over there, regardless of the Italian game for the moment. Will be assuming that Ireland should beat Italy by if there's one score or two scores that will be not going to walk away with it maybe, uh, but uh, you know that that that, that could be a that's now, the, decide, that's now the championship clincher not, not it's the championship Grand Slam the Absolutely, whole the whole, the whole lot. is on the line yeah, crown, but, yeah but certainly most enjoyable to watch uh, to see an Irish team so confident playing with such with such uh, assurance and, and and some magic moments as well. Uh, you know that last try. I mean, Ring Rose's try. I mean, the way that Doris made that for a, for a number eight to be able to get that pass away under pressure, straight into the hands of, of a, one of the best centres in the world. Fantastic. I suppose. I suppose pass pass of the week was from the prop. Finley Beale. Finley Beale first try for Hugo Keenan. And I, was it? Was it? Uh, I read somewhere that some of the French were claiming it was just slightly forward, but. Uh, you couldn't go. You couldn't go pulling up a prop for for, for being slightly forward in the pass. It was the most unusual move, actually. You would think a thing a thing like that wouldn't catch out an international team like France, but it caught him out completely. Yeah. I, I think um, Keenan had three options of passes. Yeah. He didn't have to take any because he had the pace. Three, three, it was like a wall of Irishmen hitting for the line and, and one or two defenders. But just that, that's look at it. what you need is to keep your opposition guessing, and that's what Farrell's team is doing now at the moment. No one knows. What point of attack Ireland will use next? It can be the back row. It can be as it peeling off the place. It can be the scrum. Even you know Murray with a kick. It can be six and cross kick, or it can be fantastic little moves around the middle of the field. So an awful lot going on, and uh, it is a joy to watch. And look at long way continue, particularly for twenty twenty three. Anyway, yeah, and we look for, and we look forward to returning uh, in, in two weeks' time again. Indeed, it, yes. it is creating a great buzz. There's no doubt about that, and we look forward to the return of the Six Nations in uh, next next week. This yeah. this day week again. So. Uh, Pat, for now, thanks for that. Uh, Fart wrote, Leo. Now we move uh, from rugby uh, to to Camogie, and we're delighted to be joined for the first time this year on the line by Breed Mac of Clare Camogie, a person who needs no introduction uh, to anyone um, regarding Camogie 
in Clare or, 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 or outside of Clare. Breed, you're welcome once again to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Many thanks, Leo, and I know we're middle of February um, and kind of late starting, but uh, best wishes for 2023 to all in, in Scarif Bay Community Radio. Got a meal in Our sentiments to you, August mm. 2 Fane, as Pat, Pat the, the man with the Gwelga. Mm. Breed, first of all, I suppose this kind of... Um, a deja vu and first of all many congratulations to you on, on the first award to Clare Camogie for 2023 on picking up the programme a well deserved uh, programme of the year award once again thank you I can't remember thank how many it is now my, my memory isn't good enough to but you might be able to enlighten us a small bit more it's an unlucky number it's what I'll say it's an unlucky number unlucky number uh, look only at, for I, some only though for, only for some mm. Breed, for so look only, at, exactly. it's a fantastic achievement Breed, tremendous achievement 13 award you know what I mean and look at Everybody knows, or maybe they don't know the work, the amount of work you put in during your time uh, before SPRO, and hopefully in the in the near future uh, again. But you know, it is a tremendous, you know, an award, and you know, it was well recognised by the powers that be, and uh, the, the president of the Camogie Hilda Breslin mentioned it in 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 her opening statement, as did Eileen Dunn, who was there representing the Great Mick Dunn during her time. Yeah, look, it's. The recognition is lovely, and I think anybody that knows me and has those programs, um, I know Leo and Pat, I know you have, I won't call them young ones, because they're, they're, they're more than, they're no longer babies, but you have your babies, your children at home, and I look on those programs as my children, if you like. Uh, they're, they're a labour of love, as I refer to them every year, and there's a lot of work that goes into them. And, you know, it's the cooperation of the clubs, it's the cooperation of the, all the media outlets, it's the cooperation of everybody. Everybody does their base, and I pull it all together. And, you know, it's, it's great that, I suppose, when you look at it, of the, the last seven programme awards for the over the last seven years, uh, five of them, between Munster and Clare, we've, we've won five of them. So that in itself is a huge achievement. And... Um, and I don't think there's actually any other county who, who has done back-to-back program awards. So for Claire Camogie, it's, it's a step in the right direction. It shows that we're very serious about our promoting promotion of the game and our, our, of our players. Because as, as you will know, the program isn't just the two-team line-outs on the day. There's information on players, there's information on the articles on clubs that have no involvement whatsoever. They're not even playing in, in the senior championship. There's updates on what's happening with the development of Father McNamara Park. So it's something that you get on the day and you open it to page 22 and 23 because that's where your t- the two teams that you're watching are lined out. But when you go home that night and when you've dried off and the feet are nice and toasty again and you're having the cup of tea, that's when people really enjoy the programme. And it, it's always... On the day, you get commentary on it, but it's in weeks, the weeks afterwards. <clears throat> and even over Christmas, I was away in Letterkenny with my sister for Christmas, and I got three text messages from parents of Scarfogun and Low Players to say <clears throat> thanks. They were now had the opportunity to sit down and, and read through the program, and they loved it. So, you know, it, it's small things like that that will make you put in the effort to produce a program that is that those players deserve. But they really, deserve it yeah. fully because we see it in all other codes, like the GA programs are some fantastic. So they have, I have to commend Michael O'Connor, the former PRO, and Phil O'Connor before him, and, and like the work they put into to those programs as well. So, you know, 
it's only fitting that our girls would get a program of of similar stature. Hundred percent, Brian. And one other thing is, like any good program before for any game, uh, it's you might be rooting in your attic twenty years from now or thirty years from now. Some young one, and to come across a program of that quality, it's fantastic to go back and read back. And there's so much stuff in the program that that will be worth reading. Not just at Christmas time when people are, as you said, warming their feet, but years from now, they will be massive, yeah. massive uh, sources of information and kind of a sense of what's yeah. happening in Clare as well. There's probably a book in it, Pat. Oh, you said it. God, we'll we'll, 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 we'll launch we'll launch with your read somewhere. <laughs> there is a book in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no doubt. There's no yeah. doubt. There's no doubt. There's a book, um, a collection in that. Um, the breed, next project. The next project. Yeah. Breed. When we're looking back on the pro, and the first thing I look at, apart from the teams. My favourite bit in the program is the A to a Z. I think it is. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you could get anything. Oh, you could you could you could get anything. <laughs> that breaks my heart because we're getting to the stage now where I'm running out of words to well, use to, ma- to match up the letters yeah <laughs> so you decide you decide and you take a break and you give it to Mary McMahon for a year but very very good yeah. Breed no congrats no pressure congrats. There now, Mary no pressure mm-hmm. congrats again Breed we're at uh, at that as you said we're we're into early February and the, the, the year comes around very quick and the inter-county season uh, is up and, up and running this weekend and what a match to welcome the All-Ireland Champions to, to Cusick Park for our first day out Proper, you know, it's it's marvellous. Firstly, that the game is on in Cusick Park, um, and secondly, that our opening game is is against the All Ireland champions. And you know, the girls, our girls will run out there on Sunday. They'll come out as per the Clarence lay, sit on the bench, have their photo taken, and instead of running off to the left or to the right, right the LD end or or the town end, they're turning on their heels and they're putting a lining up and they're doing a guard of honour fitting of the All-Ireland Champions uh, for the first time ever. We actually have them in the first game in the league. So, you know, it's it's a mark of respect to those girls that are coming to Clare on Sunday. They're the reigning All-Ireland Champions, deservedly so, because I think last year um, their their journey through the, the Senior Championship was, was spectacular and the All-Ireland Final was, was a brilliant game up in Crow Park. And... It's up to us now on Sunday to, to show those girls that respect. And even on Wednesday night at training, um, John Carmody, our manager, he was saying, like, you know, that's the one thing. We're doing it right on Sunday, so we are. They're the All-Ireland champions are coming to town, and we're doing a guard of honour. And, you know, everyone agreed with him, and that's the first bit of action, I suppose, we'll see um, for 2023. It's, it's a big game. It's a huge game, obviously, for us. Uh, the open game Kilkenny we all know what they're like we know the way they can dig it out um, and we know but we also know that what Clare can do uh, we've seen it over the years and I think this we often say it, the first game is so crucial because it's the one where if you like you can get one over on the opposition um, Kilkenny well, I don't think they'll have have as much done as Clare so far but that won't worry Kilkenny um, might be an old cobweb or two there because uh, I think they're not long back from their team holiday um, from having won the All-Ireland. <coughs> um, so hopefully they'll have a few cobwebs from that. Um, but you know, our girls have been putting in Trojan effort since December so they have absolute Trojan effort and they're fully committed to this game and they're going in there. Yes, they'll show respect to the All-Ireland champions and then once they go over the white line it's that's game it. on, man. Game yeah, on. That's it. And 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 Breed, you know, Claire Camogie doing the right thing, giving them the guard of honour, and then 
do it next thing tear into him you know it is and it's great to have the match in, in Cusick Park but it's going to be yeah. a, a, a tough league you know all the, with the group that in, have all the top teams to play yeah I think it's it's you know the way the, the league is structured this year um, Division 1 I suppose it's kind of a bit like the, the way the Hurling uh, is your Division 1A Division 1B and we're in the Division 1A and I suppose we've Kilkenny at home and then the following week, we're away to Cork. And then the weekend after that, we're away to Galway. So three tough games in in those opening three. Couldn't get any outings. tougher, really. Yeah, you couldn't really get it any tougher, to be honest with you. And then we have a break of two weeks before we have um, a Tipperary on the weekend of St. Patrick's. Um, that weekend, another away game. We finish with a home game against Dublin. And again, I can tell you now, lads, you can be booking the seats or put a, a marker on them tomorrow because you'll be back in Cusick Park for that one also on the 26th of March. Very good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Is, that's is, good to hear. Um, it is a tough, a tough outing such as um, when you look at it, uh, I suppose it, it, of the two groups, it would be the, the if we were to call it a group of death, this yeah. would be it really, mm-hmm. such would. Um, because you have Kilkenny, you've Cork, you've Galway, you've Tipperary, you've Dublin. And in saying that, however, it's not that we're going to cherry-pick which one we're going to go at 110%. We, our girls will be going at every one of those games 110% for the way. Yeah, that's not and what that is. you have, have a good outing, have a good, have a good outing in, in, in your opening three games. Let down your panel, your starting 15, um, you know, the tweaks that you'll need to make and that. And then you're facing into to Tipperary and Dublin. And I suppose if you look at the way the leagues have gone in the, in the last few years, and championship indeed as well, them are the two games that you target for the win to ensure that you remain in the Division 1A. And but really I think good. what John yeah. and his management will be doing, they'll be looking for a performance on each day and an improvement week on week in these games. And it's great to hear that you said, Bree, there, that they've been getting a great... John, John Carmody and his management and coaching staff have been getting a good response from the girls for the last couple of months. And I mean, you know, starting out into a year... I'm sure they are full of hope, full of enthusiasm, and uh, yep. you know, trying to get clear that step further forward again. Oh yeah, absolutely! Like the enthusiasm and the buy-in, and like I think there's there's nine and fifty girls at training, so there is. So you know that that in itself is huge. Fantastic. Um, yeah. There have been a number of challenge games played. Both panels, both the the juniors and the seniors, have played a number of challenge games over the last what month, six weeks. Um, Limerick, Waterford, you know, and results. They, they, they've got the results they wanted in those challenge games. And it's also given them uh, an opportunity uh, to the, the juniors um, to put their head above the parapet and let John Camerody know that they may be on the junior panel, but they're fighting for a spot. Putting their the hand up, panel. yeah. And that, yeah. that's exactly what you want. So it is, you want the girls that are on the junior to be fighting. Um, for their places, yeah, absolutely. Or their, their spot on the senior, and that in itself then keeps the seniors the real. We say the seniors that that have to be on the senior panel that keeps them on their toes because they know there's a young Abby Walsh or a young Eva Anderson nipping at their heels. Yeah, isn't so, isn't that what you want? And the ju- when is the juniors starting? Then breed. The juniors aren't starting then for another couple of weeks. 
And so, Breed, we also have yeah. the, the, the minor championship coming up in Illinois Walsh here from Scarlet Fogundo is, is back in as the minor manager again. Can you tell us a quick yep, bit about that championship? Yep. yep, we're the last court to, to start our, cha- our, our league, uh, the ladies' football, hurlers, the footballers. They, some of them have two games, three games under their belt at this stage. Um, we're starting now, and, and then we get we'll say, a nice, easy break. Um, start off with just one game, but then there will be weekends when when we've three those three teams out at the one time. So that again, um, will be down to the management and county board to ensure to manage that in terms of of location and the home venues and all that, and who's travelling and who's at home and what have you. But yeah, um, all quite on the western front for a few weeks, and then and then we, and then we'll you go know, as health leather. Breed, finally, before we let you go, Breed, um, there was, you know, Camogie, everything is good in Camogie, but unfortunately, uh, last week in Breed, there was, um, you know, the, the, the problem with the, the with the Ashburton Cup. Ashburton, uh, yeah. Not, not a good situation, Breed, to, to, be, to be fair. No, not a good situation. Um, not a good situation at all. I don't think it did much for the... The promotion of the game, I, I think probably one of the most publicised photos from the Ashburn wasn't of the winning captain getting the cup or wasn't an action shot from the game, but it was the snap of the the UL team all sitting on the fence watching the game. Um, yeah, it took, it took, it took sitting there. on the fence to a new level, all right, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, like, no, I'm sure that, I'm sure there was a stand there and uh, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm not in the knowledge as to what happened there, but I think it was probably one of the most, uh, one of the most moving photos from that, that entire Ashburn trying weekend, so it was. And um, very disappointing for them, the way it panned out, the way things turned out. Like, if you go and ask someone a question and you're given a direct answer, and then you find out whatever time later that, well, no, actually, you're out of the competition because you needed an extra point. You know, it, it leaves it leaves a, a sour taste. There's no doubt about that. A sour yeah. taste in the mouth, so it does. And like for some of those girls, it would have been their last year ever playing in the Ashburn because they'll be finished with college. And I think it. UL has, like UL has won our own Laura McMahon, Captain Joel. We've seen Claire Hanger come through there, Kira Grogan, Emer Kelly, and you know, like there have been some fantastic players have come through the colleges and the girls who will be finishing college this year and who won't have the opportunity to play in that competition again those girls that my heart goes out to yeah, at the there's moment no, there's no doubt about that and look at it, it because they are, so, they, so are a force, they are a force to be reckoned with and I know you'll have the people come along and say well you should have made sure of it and you shouldn't have been waiting until the very last game to make sure that you were home and dry and into the semi-finals but we all know what sport is. Sport is a cool game, so it is. Yeah, it um, and you never know what way th- what can happen in a game. An injury, uh, a second yellow card, it can turn a game on its head. It can change the result for you. A result that might have been a surefire bet um, at, at, at half time. So you never know what will happen in a game. And it's the way it planned out, I think. It's disappointing for you, well, but I think it's extremely disappointing for the overall promotion of the game. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And also, I suppose we'd have to offer our congratulations to, to, T, to TU for, for, for their victory 
even though they, they took yeah. the trophy but it is a hollow victory there's no doubt about that Breed as uh, the time is caught up now, as always it's good to talk to you and in your guys as a member of, of Clare Camogie we must get used to saying that but thanks for your time here once again on Scarif Bay Community Radio and look at we'll, as you will know we'll be talking to you more often as the year progresses and uh, we wish, wish, all Clare, wish all Clare Camogie the best luck for 2023 Breed McNamara thanks a million and once again thanks to Breed McNamara for taking the time to talk to us and now we move from Camogie uh, to, to Hurling and we are joined on the line by well-known, well-respected journalist uh, Michael Verney, all the way from Conte Ifali. Michael, you're welcome once again to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Lads, how are you? Great Hi, to be back. Michael, uh, belated happy, happy, happy new year to you. Um, I suppose, we're, as we said, we're in the middle middle of February and the league up and running and the first break um, has, has arrived after the first two games. What's your take on the, the league as it progresses at the moment, Michael? Yeah, I suppose it's hard to know, lads. What to, how I, I wouldn't be reading too much into it. Um, I wouldn't be reading too much into it from uh, you know the highs of it that we've seen with certain teams, and I wouldn't be reading too much in with the lows of certain teams. It's very, very hard to know. You know what training block different teams are on. Um, there's obviously, you know, nobody's going to be risked uh, in terms of fitness at this time of the year either. Um, you're probably in Clare. You're probably easing a few lads back into it. Uh, Limerick the same there's a good few big names that we haven't seen yet even I know Dermot Burns is away or uh, coming back from from a spell in uh, the United Arab Emirates as well so I think it's all it's all really towards developing players going, getting deep into your squad and making sure that when push comes to shove in that last probably 5 or 10 minutes of a big knockout game that you can look at your number 23, 24, 25 and 26 and that they've all got game time under their belt and they're all going to be able to contribute and keep the standards high and that's really what the, the league is is at the moment. I think it's not as prestigious as it would have been in in previous years. It's all about, uh, you know, can you unearth a couple of maybe unpolished gems and have them ready to contribute for championships. Now, saying that, you, know, you wouldn't be reading too much into the results but the appetite for action is clearly there Massive crowd in the Gaelic grounds uh, last Saturday night. Huge crowd, the good to twenty thousand in Parky Cueve the week before that. So, don't think spectators care too much about what they're seeing as long as they're seeing some sort of intercounty action. And listen, there's been, there's, there's been plenty to talk about. We maybe wouldn't read too much into it, but there still has been plenty to talk about nonetheless. And there's no doubt about it, uh, Michael, that the the floodlight, the going to game on the floodlights is just you know it's something special. You know it's. It's a novelty, maybe really, you know, and people have really, you know, they have taken to it, and you know, the GA, you know, have are doing well out of it with the crowds they're going. It's just a pity that you know you're not getting the same cut and trust of games. Understandably, that you're not going to get later on in, in as the championship looms in the horizon. Yeah, I was never a fan of the Sudnik games as a player. I can tell you because I wouldn't have had the best set of eyes now. So as a corner back, you were you were just pulling where you thought the ball was a lot of the time. You often done that. You often done that in daylight as well. Go on. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a few year boys. There was a few year boys still doing that in the daylight. Now the only thing I'd say, and what you're talking about, the cut and trust of it. Last Saturday night was disappointing from that respect because I would have been, you know, I would have expected blood and guts from Clare, and that's what we've seen from them particularly coming up against Limerick in the last couple of years. So that was probably disappointing Disappointing the other night. Uh, they, they kind of stood off Limerick. It was more like a, you know, a pre-season game maybe than a league game. Now saying that, 
you know, a couple of years ago, there was people nearly writing Brian Lowen's epitaph after they went up to Corrigan Park and were beaten by Antrim, and he turned things around fairly spectacularly thereafter. So I wouldn't be definitely wouldn't be pushing the panic button. But uh, like if you're talking about the Gaelic rounds last Saturday, Limerick were streets ahead in in every regard really, and it was only it was only probably Galvin's goal in the first half and David Reedy's kind of. Uh, Know, display off the bench that made it look maybe a lot more respectable than it was but from a Limerick point of view you'd have to say that they have their foot on the throttle this early and our motor in that well is probably a, 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 with you know with all the big names that are missing it's probably a worrying thing for the chasing pack you'd have to say yeah and then comes out, out of the pack then comes Michal Hoolahan Michal Hoolahan son of the, the former great Mike Dislett is a small bit more stylish than Mike but um Less more refined, but what a performance at, at at wing forward to give you know on your on your league debut, and you know this man will be pushing for the place, and hopefully in he'd be looking from his point of view, hoping to get a place on the twenty six man panel for the championship, but he hasn't done himself any harm in the first outing. No, he definitely hasn't. I saw seen him a couple of times with Kilmarnock was was very impressed. I think like if John Kylie to take anything from last Saturday night, Miguel Hulahan would be one. Shane O'Brien would definitely be another. Adam English coming in and playing around the middle of the park where he's never played before. Uh, had that brilliant solo run, set up a lovely goal for uh, Dunico Dalek, yes. who's another new another player. No Fergal O'Connor is a, a new player who, who went off, I think, with a, with a bit of concussion at the start. He's a player I, I like a lot at cornerback. So, like, having all those new names popping up, like, who then has some, some job to try and break the stranglehold on the half-forward line there that yeah. probably is going to be Gerard Hegarty, Keane Lynch, Tom Morrissey, but again, having an option of a lad like that, even potentially if it is for 10 minutes at the end of a game, or if you know one of your marquee players picks up an injury and is missing some big games, it's all about having you know, having that experience of playing at that top level. And yeah, definitely wouldn't have done his confidence any harm the other night, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, he was outstanding, and just he was, it's, it's amazing. Limerick's game plan, even, I think, has changed even from, from last year. Hoolahan was. Like everywhere and anywhere on the pitch, Gerard Hegarty was starting moves on his own twenty-one. I think Limerick, you know, are the most analysed team in the country because they're, you know, they're the best team in the country, and there's more, you know, there's more tape on Limerick than there is on any other team in the country. But I think it's fascinating to see how they're even evolving a bit this year, a bit more. And the one thing, and you know him well from his time in Clare, is Paul Kinnock will not allow Limerick to stand still, and they know how close they are to you know, create more history. They're they're you know, chasing four obviously this year, and if it, four could easily turn into five, and I think he loves he loves evolving the team and evolving how they're playing, and you can see kind of signs of them changing even the way they play this year compared to other years. And I think it was kind of in stark contrast to how Clare were playing the other night. Clare was quite direct, quite long. I know they got a bit of success off the the Duggan touchdown for for Galvin's goal, but you know a lot of it was. Other, like a bit rudderless, a bit one-dimensional in comparison to, you know, how Limerick were creating space out the pitch and create space, and when they create space out the pitch, they were able to fire a nice ball inside. When the ball wasn't on inside, they were able to take it on and you know score from distance. And uh, yeah, they can they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Limerick and can. Michael, before we leave Limerick, one other vital aspect to, to the whole thing is last year they won in Ireland without 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 Keane Lynch. And him Peter back, Case, he, and Peter Casey and Peter Casey as well. But I think Lynch is the, is is the oil that, that that keeps that machine running really smoothly. And uh, with him back, I think it makes them even more formidable for the coming year. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and like I, I, I just hazard a guess and say he wasn't even at 65 percent the other night. Still not moving a hundred percent footy when you've had you know serious hamstring injuries and even ankle injuries it takes a bit of time to get that confidence back. But having played the you know a long chunk of that and having come on coming on the first day, just about getting minutes into him, getting him you know getting him relaxed and comfortable on the pitch again. And we're all you know we've already we already saw glimpses the other night of yeah. those flicks and tricks that he's able to produce and. Yeah, I think every everyone that follows hurling in the country wants to see him back to his best. But if you're in that chasing pack, I think the last thing you want to see is him back to his best because it's another headache for you. It's another question that you have to try and answer. And just even, you know, in in Lynch's absence, I'd say Gerald Hegarty even took his took his game to an even higher level last year, particularly in the All Ireland final. And he's fairly hit the ground running for the year ahead. And we're not even talking about Dermot Burns, the current hurler of the year. And Aaron Galan, one of the best forwards in the country, and Declan Hannum was missing the other night. So the the casual and Barry Nash as well. The casualty list that they were missing the other night makes it makes it fairly scary for the chasing pack. You'd have to say. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And speaking about the chasing uh, uh, pack, uh, Michael uh, Corkin, I suppose most Corkin Galway uh, up in Salt Hill. Hard to read into that one as well. You know, Cork very much very much on top you know even though Galway came back with a couple of goals near the end but it's hard to read it's hard to read into the farm Michael really yeah you wouldn't but you wouldn't want to be placing too much much stock on it you know it's uh, in horse racing terms I'd say they're more like gallops than races you know you couldn't you couldn't read too much into them um, now I, I still have been impressed with Cork in their even their last three games and you take that Munster League final into account where they were well down against Tipperary um, and he was in Salt Hill the other day. They they were one nine to one four down. Hit the next six points. Went in level. Just completely turned the screw after half time. I think key to it from a car point of view is again that there's there's new faces popping up. Horgan was brilliant the first day, but you know it was Declan Dalton the other day. Connor Lahan with two three. I think Dalton hit eight point six from play. Sean Toomey with two with two goals. You've New names kind of popping up in defence as well. Probably outside of Cork, not too many people have heard of Owen Downey maybe before this year's league. And it, it looks like he's relegating his older brother Rob to the to the, the substitute bench at the moment because he's nailing down that full-back spot. Kieran Joyce is a player at centre-back. I like an awful lot. Yeah. And Pat Ryan knows these lads inside out from his time as a coach under Kieran Kingston, his time with the Cork 20s as well. And just from chatting to him, he, he's not... You know, talking about performances, he's not even talking about results. He's just talking about attitude and characters. That is all he wants, and you have to say their attitude and the characters that they've showed some so far has been fairly exemplary. But I have to say, I'm a doubting Thomas when it comes to Cork because I've gone all in on them a couple of times in the last few years. I was sure they were going to win the 2019 All Ireland, uh, even before they beat Limerick in that first round, and they ended up limping out against Cork and. Every time I think they're coming, they seem to let me down. So I, I, Cork are probably going to have to win all, win all Ireland for me to be a believer because it just you just so there's so many highs and you think they're going to get to that level again and end that famine and then there's a few lows and you kind of stop believing again. But the signs are ob- there again. Obviously, that things are fairly good and fairly fresh at the moment. And Michael, would you think that Cork could do with winning a national league title? I talked that last year, to be honest with you, and uh, they were beaten well, obviously, in that final by Waterford. I, I don't know. They're, they're the one team that has three weeks bef- between the league final and 
the, the start of their Munster yeah. campaign because they're they're out the second week of it, shall we say. So they're the one team probably you'd say that it would probably be conducive for them to go for a longer run in the league. But I don't know, last year did did that league <coughs> final against Waterford almost took the confidence out of out of them as well and, you know, they were you know, they were blown away by Limerick after the first ten, ten minutes of that that Munster round robin opener. So I'm I'm not so sure. I, I we probably we were talking off air there about the league and its importance or, or lack of their lack of importance and they're kind of looking at some teams and they're wondering, like, do they actually want to be in a league semi final? Do they want to be in a league final? And I don't think that's I don't think that's a good look for what the second most important hurling competition and but isn't, isn't that a real well. challenge? Sorry, Michael. It, yeah. Just on that one, I feel strongly about that. Like like you say as well, we said it off air a minute ago. You know, isn't the, isn't the J haven't they got a problem when the second competition in hurling? Uh, some teams certainly don't want to be in the final because it interferes with their with their plans for for the championship starting in a week or two or two weeks after that. Okay, Cork have it next week. You know, I mean, we won't have time to discuss restructuring now. But likewise, with all the some of the teams not caring about the league, the championship being everything, they put out they put out teams trying out lads, and you know, as you said, the training schedule how it's gone. How can if you could in short address how could the GAA make the league whereby a competition where teams want to win their matches and where they would be dying to get to the final and try to win it you know what could they do what's the incentive with with the, with the calendar uh, and with the incentive yeah, yeah Leo says yeah I'd say that, I'd say you need to dangle some sort of incentive in front of teams um, there's probably several different things you could do but I think having a, a distinctive link between league and championship be it if you're you know league winners let's just say you've, you've already got one point on the board in Munster if you're league winners you know so there's an incentive there yeah. to win Leinster or Munster you already have a point on the board if it comes down to score difference you know your league performance is taken into account something like that would be yeah. example, one example uh, probably a better one and I was chatting this, about this on, on our game with Shane Stapleton a few weeks ago and we were just saying someone suggested you know should the league winner get her preliminary All-Ireland quarter-final spot Oh yeah, yeah, that was what I was thinking, going to ask you about. Yeah, and we had a good, we had a good chat about it. And you're just thinking, with due respect to, to the McDonough Cup teams, and Offaly could be one of those teams potentially in a final, or you know, uh, in a final, or be the runner-up even this year and get into an All Ireland quarter final. But you'd have to say that, you know, I'd say, you know, league winners if they were out of the championship at that point, having you know a bit of a trap door where they could maybe re-enter the championship. Maybe instead of the, the runners up, I no problem with the McDonough Cup. Yeah, I agree with you. In, that was the point maybe, I was going to you know, make. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe the runners up. Maybe, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be rewarded for being beaten in a second year final. Maybe the what theoretically would be the 13th, 14th, 15th, maybe best team in the country. Then all Ireland preliminary quarter final. Maybe it should be like the seventh or eighth best team who maybe has won a league but maybe hasn't qualified from their province. Maybe that would make more sense. Maybe that gives. You know that incentivise teams more to give the league a really good crack when there, there's some sort of a tangible benefit there for you to win the league. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That Agreed, was the one yeah. point I was going to make. You is bring him in at, at the preliminary quarter final without doubt. Michael, getting back to we spoke about Cork. Your take on Galway at the moment and look at Henry seems to be maybe trying to get a dip to his squad as well. You know, but a lot of his players then are kind of much of as much as what way do you see that Galway going? Yeah, the thing about Galway is, I don't know what you think, but 
they've a lot of the same type of players and a lot of players at the same level, shall we say. And talking about players maybe that we don't know as household names. We know what, you know, we know what Conor Whelan is. We know Parik Mannion, Carl Mannion, etc. Maybe Brighton Cannon. But there's a lower tier of players there. You know, a lot of our Ireland minor winners that are, I don't know, the same kind of type of players and at the same level. And I suppose, the ch- the, and there's a huge amount of them. If you go through Fitzgibbon Cup squads, the amount of different Galway lads involved, uh, particularly with the, uh, I think it's called the University of Galway. Now, you boys would have, you boys would have, would have known it as... Uh, I knew it as NUIG. I think it was... UCG. You're on a young fella, so... Yeah, they're changing. I think UCC and UL and UCD are the only ones that haven't changed. But Henry would have an awful lot of players involved at the given Cup level. And I suppose, again, it's the same as some of the other teams. It's trying to find some of those unpolished gems and see... Whether they're able to, you know, survive at the cut and trust the championship. Again, they're a team I probably wouldn't read much into in the league at all. Dahi Burke is missing. David Burke could only be coming back. Connor Cooney, Fintan Burke as well, the same. And it's probably still a bit of a hangover, even you'd say, from from Joe Canning's retirement and trying to, I suppose, push on from that. They probably, you know, they saved their season last year. You'd have to say after. No, a no show in the Leinster final got a good result against Cork pushed it to Limerick in an All-Ireland semi-final so they'd definitely be one of the teams that you'd be looking at and thinking there might be another gear or two with these lads and there might be you know one of the teams potentially you have to give Limerick a crack does it look like that at this stage of the year no but you know, there's so many big names to come back and um, yeah, I, I expect them to be for a bit formidable enough when, when Bush comes to show up come championship time uh, Michael, also as you, you mentioned, uh, potential uh, Galway. Of course, they're going to be probably you know meeting Kilkenny in, in in the championship, and for the first time in twenty five years, no Brian Cody on on the line, and it looks like a kind of a rebuilding job in Kilkenny uh, for Derek Ling, Michael. Yeah, it's a funny one, um, and it, it is a rebuilding job in the sense of you know he's coming in and filling. You know, there's no point in saying any different. The biggest shoes there have ever there have ever been in the history of the GA, and it's we it's weird. They go into a Kilkenny match or watching a Kilkenny match and not seeing the, the Glambia peaked half on the sideline, spitting the hands, rubbing them together, and roaring from the sideline. It's weird. It's strange, kind of not seeing that. But we talk about rebuilding, and then we're thinking, there's a county that have won the last three Leinsters in a row and ran Limerick Limerick to within a score in the All Ireland final last year. And I know there's a couple of those players maybe not on board, uh, Richie Lahey and James Marr maybe, who would have seen time off the bench, and Mikey Carey and Conor Brown not involved. But, you know, the likes of Dara Corkin coming through from Valley Hills, David Blanchfield, they expect both of those to nail down places, probably both in the fence. TJ is still going, Richie Hogan is still going, Conor Fogarty, Walter Walsh, Killian Buckley, all these boys are still going. And it's just a matter of, I, I, I think Derek Ling is in the best position possible to take over Kilkenny won an All-Ireland 20s last year will uh, will blood some of those players no doubt the likes of Billy Trennan but knows like knows this Kilkenny squad inside out really he was a coach <coughs> and selector under Brian he knows the scene unbelievably well I don't think he'd try to reinvent the wheel too much but I'm sure he will try and put his own stamp on it and I, I, I know they were probably disappointed against Tip at the weekend I think that was more to do with Tip maybe than, than Kilkenny maybe Kil- Kilkenny stood off them a bit but you have a fair idea what you're going to get from a Kilkenny team on a given day. And 
they're still going to be unbelievably hard bet in in, Kilket, in you know in Leinster and they're realistically still going to be in around the last four no matter what and I think expectations of Kilkenny are realistic enough to to know that you know there's one team in the land at the moment that are better than everybody else and as long as Derek Ling is getting the most out of Kilkenny and they've been ultra competitive I think they'll be happy enough and Michael you took words of my mind there a second ago when you said the Kilkenny are likely to be in the last four uh, certainly they're certainly in the top will be the top, the top five in anyone's list for the Ireland or the Ireland or the knockout stages of the Ireland but people were writing off Tipperary an awful lot uh, in recent times and uh, Liam Cahill has, had, has had a good start and uh, unfortunately for they've hit by three serious injury blows this week I think Paddy Cadell Niall O'Mara and, is a, and, and, and Barrett, Barrett. Uh, uh, which is the, a blow to them but um, you know I suppose you write them off at your peril they may have a big say in Munster yet and, and further afield I yeah, uh, like I think the resurgence of Tipperary even so far this year and while you say we'd say we mightn't read too much into the league, I would be reading quite a bit into what I've seen from Tip. Uh saw them in the flesh against Leash and uh saw them obviously against Kilkenny at the weekend as well. It could just look like a completely different outfit than they than they were last year. Looked a bit a bit aimless last year. I I'll never forget the goal. That Peter Duggan got when John mm. John Collins solo down the heart of the defence like it was like the, the Red Sea part and it was unbelievable really and you look at the, the stamp Cahill has on them already like they look you know you can only judge what you can see with your eye but they look seriously fit um look like they've a, a good body of work done already clear they're playing to a plan the same type of plan that Waterford played you know. Big focus on energy, big focus on speed, big focus on athleticism. And, you know, after the year Tipperary had last year, like, who better to take them over, really, in the sense of, you know, Cal has worked with an order of them at minor 20 and 2021. 20, He's also done a Lazarus job on, on Waterford a couple of years ago. Waterford were on the floor when he took them over in 2020. Got them to a Munster and All Ireland final in the first year, semi final the year after. A league win last year, and albeit it was it was a bit of a car crash after their break in the middle of Munster, but it was hugely successful three years after from very very humble beginnings, and kind of looks like something similar could happen in Tipperary. We know a lot of the talent is there, and they haven't really lost anybody this year. They obviously lost Paddy and Brendan Matter last year, but you know the McGraths are still on board. Seamus Callan's still there. Jason Ford, Bonner Maher, and it's just kind of blending that with. A lot of the youth that that would have won minor in twenty and twenty one on Ireland, and you have to say they do look like a different outfit already. And like I'm an awfully man, and they're they're bored or not, I wouldn't be in the more than yourselves. Probably wouldn't be big fans of them. <laughs> surprise, but, uh, surprise. From, <laughs> that's probably an understatement from your point of view. But um, but you love to see Tip being competitive because they just bring kind of something different to the table, really, and. Uh, all signs would suggest from this early juncture that they're going to be competitive this year. There's no doubt about that. And then finally, uh, Michael, the last team in Waterford, as you said, Liam Cahill done a marvellous job down there in his three years. Unfortunately for him, it, it didn't in, it didn't end well. But Waterford then went back to a man that they had before and none other than than Davy Fitz. And interesting times down down there already. Yeah, um, the man behind the wire has got a bit of got a bit of traction anyway. Um, I see he was ejected. I don't know if you saw, Buff Egan did a video the other day about the, the man behind the wire, Davy's <laughs> man with the headpiece being ejected and saying about how the bouncers were having none of them and they were moving them. But uh, it's always it's always interesting uh, when Davy's involved in the inter-county scene and 
there's already a bit of a bit of spice involved already. Listen, I I don't think he'll veer too much away from the way Cahill would have played that high energy style. Probably will maybe potentially play a sweeper at times, but that high energy, high octane pace. Like you know, you go down to some of the names that Walford had, the likes of the Volker, Caleb Lyons, you know, Jack Craig and Austin Gleason, Eddie Hutchinson. You know, there's serious, serious talent there. And you know, chatting from to some of them, even they're still scratching their heads over exactly what went wrong in nice Munster year. last year, particularly after after running Limerick to three points before the break, and then they had a two or three week break, and it all just fell apart really against Cork, and you know. Was just abysmal against your lads. There's no point in saying any different. It was, you know, a fairly pathetic show on that day. But they'll be they'll be mad team to bounce back. And history would suggest that Davy's gotten a hop off any team that is involved in, particularly the first couple of years. And uh, if there's a hop in Waterford, and Cahill is kind of resurrecting things in Tipperary, <laughs> and Pat Ryan is the Messiah in Cork, and Limerick are going for four in a row. Um, and and Clare were the the one team that really really pushed Limerick close last year. Like you'd be a brave man to call the top three in like Munster you, in any order, and you'd be a braver man to call the two the two teams that won't come out. Indeed, indeed, we look forward to the the championship already with relish. Finally, Michael um, Wexford and 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 Dublin. You know, Dublin coming under Michal Dunahoo could be their courses in a roundabout way. Yeah, the only thing I'd say, Michal Dunahoo would have been, and he's never going to advise this publicly, but he took over a squad that, you know, was seriously depleted from what I'm sure he thought he was going to take over. Yes. No Liam Rush, no Keno Callan, no Mark Schutte. Crummy. No, no Crummy, no Liam McBride, and all players that have okay. no, been, been mainstays really over the last, some of them for well over a decade. So it's a new look squad. There'll be a lot of Kilmacud Cokes players in there, lads that really excelled against Ballyhale that day and ran into the pin of their collar in the, the Leicester club final. But it is, you, you're probably going in, you know, patience is probably always the word we talk about in Dublin, but, you know, Dublin hurling supporters are probably going to need a bit this year. Uh, up front is really where they need to unearth a few, yeah. a, a few more players. The likes of Alex Cantillane from Kilmacud, a big kind of barrel and corner forward, very good player. Um, he'd definitely be one but Donald Burke would, would need you know a lot more assistance up top and they're going to have to have a few different types of threats I always think with Dublin in attack there's a lot of the same type of players and in a you know, really good attack you probably have six forwards offering six different things if you get yeah. me mm. like if you look at the Limerick forward line there's, there's no two of them the same they all offer different things Galan offers something completely different to what Graham Mulcahy offers maybe as a workhorse to what Gerard Hegarty offers as, you know, the man who can, you know, when he gets going, it's just unstoppable. Tom Morris is just up and down the line and Keane Lynch is the, the wizard and Peter Casey can skin you inside, you know. They're all different types of players and maybe Dublin are a bit too similar. And I think realistically that, that third spot in Leinster, I'd say, will come down to probably Wexford and Dublin. Um and a very, very difficult one to call at this stage. And Wexford's league, Wexford league is, uh, you know, probably a bit different this year than last year. They obviously beat the All-Ireland Champions in the first game last year and went five games unbeaten before Waterford get, gave them a bit of a slacking in the semi-final where they've already suffered a defeat against Galway. And a couple of things Wexford have to sort out. They you know, need to have a consistent three-taker who's going to hit, 
know, ninety five percent, and yeah. they just can't be as can't be as wasteful in front of the post as they've been in the couple of games so far, and that's been their undoing, really. Uh, that's been their undoing over the last number of years. Yeah, and Michael, we can let you go without talking about your own beloved beloved Affili, and you know, Johnny Kelly, the men the men in charge this year. Underage going very well. Unfortunately, didn't win the minor All Ireland last year. The uh, 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 a victim of circumstance. Mm. Um, ah, boys, did you have to bring that one up? Now? We're all trying to have a good right? the day good after Valentine's Day, and you're talking about Valentine's Day and <laughs> the day after. But in fairness, the college, the colleges, our free colleges have come and have won at the Linster colleges. You know, no mean feat. So positive, positive shoots again. More positive shoots for for Offaly, Michael. Yeah, just that Offaly schools win, lads. Like even going back to the scene of the crime, going back and going back to Nolan Park and banishing the demons. And it was a similar type of game. We were up by a couple of points coming down the stretch and Kieran's had a free. It wasn't into the wasn't into the town end. It was into the O'Loughlin Gales end. And you're just thinking, Jesus, is this going to be heartbreak again? But they saw it out and saw it out really well. You know, the bulk of those players that would have been playing minor last year. That's a great sign. They obviously don't go on to the All-Ireland stages now. They're which just, is a, which is a major pity. A major pity. Ah, yeah. Ah, it is. Yeah, but sure. Listen, we'll 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 take winning the Leinster. It's the first awfully team to win a Leinster since uh, St. Benedict's School won in 1986, and that mm. you know that led to Billy Dooley and Brian Wheelan and Johnny Pilkington and led to all the awfully successes at senior level. So if that happens again, we'll 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 take it. And just from a, a senior point of view. Uh, a good win against Down the first day, even though Down were, I think, they had the second half of 14 men, and a good second half, I'd say, against Derry the other day. Um, probably it was, you know, level enough coming up to half time, and the own club, my own Cahill, came off the bench. I think he ended up with seven from play. A fair shot. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know if a sub has ever come on after 30 or 35 minutes and ended up with 12 points, seven from play. So he ended up on the GA team of the week as well, over the, and rightfully so. But that Division 2A is really interesting. There's three teams and four points. Ourselves, Kerry and Kildare, all vying for you know, two uh, two places in the final. Someone's going to be disappointed. Then you have three teams at the bottom end. You have uh, you have Derry, Carlo, and Down. You know, all fighting to avoid that one relegation spot. So yeah, it, it probably doesn't gain maybe as much of the limelight as Division One, but uh, seriously interesting. And I think unlike Division One as well, there's that trapdoor relegation for all the teams involved and. There's the carrot of, you know, getting up and playing Division One and hurling for the, the team that can win that final at the end of the day as well. And Michael and Claire were always fascinated by, you know, the possibility of awfully getting back towards the top table. And I think we would all like to see that because of what they what they bring to the game. But just as you mentioned, Kildare there and, and Kerry, you know, do you think Kildare uh, possibly sleeping? I won't say Giants, but with Nace's success and what they have done at club level and um, and that, do you think Kildare is a county that? Will progress in hurling and maybe start, you know, edging towards the a higher level. I think so. Yeah, um, they actually won the Christie Ring in twenty twenty, and the nature of the McDonough Cup in twenty twenty one didn't suit them at all. They actually could have qualified in their, in their last group game, um, but they actually ended up getting relegated. So they were put back a year, went straight down to ring, and came straight up last year, and you know, in an emphatic fashion. And I think. Nace winning the Intermediate Club All-Ireland last year and then, you know, Nace going on and been really strong against Ballyhale and while well, everyone knows, you know, Nace is a hotbed, I believe Minute is going to be a bit of a hotbed for hurling in time as well. Um, yeah. It's such a difficult one to break that glass ceiling to get up anywhere near the top table 
But I definitely think they're close to hovering around it now and around the edges maybe. And the age profile of those names, lads, if you're talking 24, 25, would be the average age. So signs would suggest that, you know, they can, they could, they could potentially break that glass ceiling and get up around Division 1 and, Listen, we looked at so what do we want in Ireland? We want more counties exactly, to be competitive, yeah, exactly, yeah. more counties competing for Liam McCarthy. And if you know, if Kildare was another team that was to be in around that that place, I'm sure we'd all be delighted with that. And from a Kerry point of view, you know, if they win the McDonough this year, they end up in the Munster Championship. That's um, right. First time they got rid of that trap door of a relegation match, which is one of the most ridiculous things that the GA ever concocted. So if they win the if they win the McDonough, they they, you know, earned their place in the Munster Championship. So, and, you know, from our point of view, you know, we'd love to get back up into the Leinster Championship again and that would be a big building block for us. So, and, you know, getting getting promotion from the league would be, uh, would be a stepping stone in the right direction too. But hopefully from an offensive point of view, signs are, signs are that uh, the wheel is turning. It's a slow turn, but it's it's starting to turn. And once it's moving, you, you know, was uh, an old fella back home always said once you're moving you're working so we're, uh, <laughs> we're, on, we're, we're on the right path anyway lovely indeed you hear the offer you're over again before too long I think uh, Michael once you don't sit in your laurels no you're, you're okay there's no doubt about it no, Michael with, one, a one, look, Shane, with a bit of luck Shane Lowry will be singing the offer you're over in the Hogan stand set someday <laughs> <laughs> we have one last one before we let you go who do you think is going to win the league at the end of the day Oh, cheers, lad. Um, we we talked about who doesn't want to win it. Yeah. <laughs> um, who will win the league? Um, probably, yeah, I'd probably say Cork could be, they're, they're looking like a team that's going to be in around the semi-final stage anyway. Mm. Um, so I'd probably, probably go for Cork, I'd say, yeah. Maybe they're one of the few teams that have most to gain, I'd say, from winning something like a league at this time of year. So I'll go with Cork. Good man, yourself. Sure, from a clear point of view, should to be good for the game as well, Michael. See the the the, the, <laughs> the lesser lights, lesser lights coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, as always, good to talk to you, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio. And we'll get more of your views as the as the 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 daylight shines even Stains. more in for the evenings. All right, no thanks a minute, Michael. Thanks very much. Thanks All right, you can and that concludes our show here on Sportsline and Scarab Bay Community Radio in association with Derek Critter Union today. My thanks, as always, to go presenter Pat McNamara. Thanks to our guests of Breed McNamara and Michael Verney. And, of course, Pat with his with his uh, few words on the rugby. Thanks also to Jim Collins in the Cadillac Tower. Without him, we wouldn't have a programme. And thanks very much, too, for tuning in and listening to us here today on Sportsline and Scarab Bay Community Radio. And until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Lawn.